Hey fanboys and fangirls, it's your host Aaron Broverman. Uh, I'm here to introduce part three of our episode with Kevin Boyd, now Fan Expo's comics coordinator. Uh, when we left, uh, Kevin found himself at a crossroads once again. Uh, the comic book lounge and gallery uh, looks like it's not uh, going to be around much longer. And uh, we talk about in here how he wound up back with Fan Expo, the people that he were once uh, rivals of his when he was running the Paradise Con, and now he's back working for them. How did that happen? You're going to have to listen to find out. Listening to Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one on one with Toronto's comic book luminaries, with your host, Aaron Broverman. The TTC was shut down every other weekend. Yeah. You know, and that's not helping business in downtown at all. Yeah. For me, it was it was far away. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come in the winter that yeah. far. And it, like you were saying, it's a long winter. With the Pan Am games and all that stuff going on, it just was not... Downtown Toronto wasn't hospitable yeah. at that time. And yeah. so, you know, it didn't work out. Yeah. So... Yeah. But it still lives on because you have your subscription business, right? Right. How is that going? And why did you keep it? You know what? I, I, I'm i very loyal to my customers. Okay. So I want to make sure that they're looked after. So it's now been eight months since the store closed or nine months. And I started to think uh, with the convention business, since I went back to Hobbystar, or not one to Hobbystar, Informa and Fan Expo Canada. And I'm not just Fan Expo Canada, but I'm also coordinating guests for Megacon for Fan Expo Dallas, Fan Expo Regina, All Fan Expo owned Vancouver. by Informa, which owns Fan Expo now. Yeah. Okay. So I do like five big conventions and maybe three or four small conventions for them. You left because of the store? or I left because I was really busy with the store. Okay. And yeah. then you come back because you don't have the store. You don't have the store anymore. I came back because, yeah, I didn't have the store. Okay. I was just subscriptions and they had... Uh, just let the previous comics coordinator go. Mm-hmm. He called me the day that he was let go and told me what happened. And then I heard their side of it. And then it went back and forth. And they basically said, we we need a comics coordinator, but we're not going to hire anyone right away. Could you help us out with Fan Expo and just give us some advice? So I helped them a little bit at Fan Expo last year. Okay. Uh, but and I Informa had, own- had bought it pretty, like, yeah. recently. Yeah. Like they, that, yeah. They, they bought it... Um, the year after I left mm-hmm. working for them, they bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still an exhibitor at the show, of course. And you left in 20... 2012 was 20s. my last show as a coordinator, so I did okay. five years there. Okay. I came back uh, officially in October. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do a better job looking after local guests, okay. which is my forte. And I know yeah. everybody. Yeah. So they said, okay, who should... Like, we want to give people lunch now, which is a new thing. They've yeah. never done that before. Yeah. Who do we give lunch to? So I would go through the list and say, okay, these are the people. Because they can't give it to everybody, unfortunately. Yeah. So they can say, okay, these are the working professionals. These are the people who are working for Marvel, DC, for Image, for Dark Horse. These are the people. So the bigger local people get the lunch. Yeah. Because because you, you need them to run the sh- you they're they're the attraction. More yeah, we the want attraction? them to feel like it, they're part of the show. Okay, and they are. Mm-hmm. They're part of uh, 
what what they put on part of the overall product that's sold to the okay. audience yeah that's keeping me pretty busy that's so i'm booking guests i'm doing programming i'm giving them advice on and you're just a consultant at this yeah. point okay and so uh and then they hired me back and that point now i'm i'm paid uh like on a monthly basis so because of that consultant experience that you had they mm-hmm. were like why don't you just become the coordinator i mean uh the old comics coordinator when he called me up and he said they're gonna call you mm-hmm. i bet you they're gonna call you because there aren't very many people with my resume mm-hmm. with my experience yeah. with conventions and with ever knowing everybody so if you want to hire someone who knows the local scene there aren't that many people, mm-hmm. right? There's a short list of maybe, I could say maybe 10, mm. but maybe five might only come to mind Yeah, that really know everybody in town. Yeah, And then who's run a convention, who's been a retailer, who's who knows all the different sides. Mm-hmm. So when I book guests now, I take into account, like, are my retailers going to do well with this? Like, if I bring in a guest for a fan expo or, or Toronto Comic Con, are retailers going to have comics and graphic novels by that person that they're going to be able to sell? So mm-hmm. hopefully that helps them out. So you can't bring in people that haven't worked for for yeah. a while. You need people that have things that can be sold. Yeah, I need people like um, like uh, I'll I'll give you a um, scoop in that okay. our our big guest for the March Toronto Comic Con is Rob Liefeld. Okay, yeah, which is great because the Deadpool movie yeah the will per- have just come out. The timing is fantastic. Yeah, for it. and he's the co-creator. We announced this week. Uh, I don't know which day we're announcing, but. On our flyers, on our promotional material, it'll be Rob Liefeld, Deadpool. Okay. And that's right when the the movie trailers are all out, the advertising in the newspaper, the reviews. Hopefully people like the movie, they hear good things about it. We'll get two or three weeks of everybody in the comic shop talking about the Deadpool movie and, oh, and Rob Liefeld is coming. And that helps everybody because uh, Deadpool is such a big thing merchandise wise as well cosplay merchandise he crosses over to even before the movie Mm -hmm. he crossed over to people that didn't read comics and played the deadpool video game or knew deadpool or were just part of the cosplay scene or whatever um even though i I, he's not a kid's character kids do love that character Mm -hmm. to me that that's a great guest in that you know may cost us money to bring him and 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 uh but it's totally worth it because our vendors will benefit because Deadpool fans will be there and they'll have Deadpool Deadpool comics to sell, they'll have yeah. Deadpool graphic novels to sell, they'll have Deadpool pops and bobbleheads. bring and, the first appearance of Deadpool to the show so people yeah. can buy it and get it signed. And get and, it signed right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Marvel just did a hardcover sale on the X-Force omnibuses, so everybody will have X-Force omnibuses cheap. And, You're very smart, Kevin. Yeah, You're I know, I try. I try. So, so, I think about me and... <laughs> I, I talk to my other retailer friends and we all think about this kind of stuff. Like, how can this Respect. all fit together? And know? and he's also a controversial creator. He like, is, People yeah. will come, even if they don't like him, just to... And some people hate him. Yeah, right? Some just people just to, completely hate his art style yeah, and everything about him. Yeah, but the, but he courts controversy and controversy is always yeah. kind of good. I think people will want to hear what he has to say and I think that people will want to meet him mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Some people will pay to get a sketch from him if he's... Uh, I mean, he'll be long runs for sketches, but... Uh, I think he's, he's interesting and he's never been here before. So that's the other thing too, right? Is mm-hmm. who can you get that hasn't been here? That's a name that will create interest. Yeah. And, uh, and normally with March Toronto Comic Con, we don't like, t- I like Toronto Comic Con better than Fan Expo. Uh, yeah. It's smaller. 
it's smaller, but I can get more interesting guests than yeah. I can for Fan Expo. Fan Expo is like big, big guests. Yeah. So, which is nice. I like those guys too. Yeah. But you end up with a lot of the same people. Yeah, you do. Over and over and over. I noticed that uh, these past couple of years where you'd see the same people. And the previous coordinator have friends and those yeah. friends will be brought back year after year. Yeah. And so, I don't want that anymore. I want new people. Okay. So when the guest list for the March comes out, there are going to be a lot of repeat guests from previous years. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the, the comic fans in the city will be excited and they'll say, Oh man, I haven't seen Scott Collins before. Oh, you know, okay, the yeah. flash artist, right? Yeah. I want to go meet him. I want to get my flash comics. That's what I want because fan expo is awesome for the new fan. Who's never been to a convention, but if you've been to con- fan expo year after year after year, mm-hmm. You start seeing the same people and you don't want to go anymore because you've already met those exactly. people. Exactly. You're like, how many times can I meet this guy? Yeah. You know, he's there every year. Yeah. You know, and, and there'll be some people who will come in on their own that will, you know, they're on the guest list every year. And like um, in Dallas, right? So I, my first experience with Dallas is they've done this small show. They didn't want big guests. So I booked a few solid pros, but no one too flashy. Mm-hmm. And so people started complaining, why is half the guest list the same people that we see at every show? Mm-hmm. Well, because they're local artists and we give space to local artists and that's part of what we do. Yeah. So some people will say, why is Leonard Kirk at every one of your shows? Well, because Leonard Kirk lives in St. Catharines and he wants to come in and be a part of the show. I'm not going to say no to Leonard Kirk. Yeah, the people that are from Ontario, it makes sense yeah. that they'd be in an Ontario show, just like the people from Dallas come to a Dallas show. Yeah. What's the experience for you? Like, you know, the local scene, like the back of your head, but what's the mm. experience of you getting to know scenes in cities that you don't even, that you well, don't that's going to be the fun, fun okay. part of it. Yeah. Okay. So I have, thankfully I have, uh, someone in Orlando that knows the scene there. Okay. And who helps advise me. And I have someone in Dallas doing the same thing. Okay. Vancouver. I know the scene very well. And I know a lot of the people there. So, and there isn't a huge scene. I'm from Vancouver. Yeah. I, my regular comic shop was the comic shop, which Mm -hmm. you gave the shop award to the Schuster awards. Mm -hmm. Explain to me, like the scene in Vancouver that I remember was Mm -hmm. like the heritage hall. Yeah. Small show. Yeah. Leonard's shows. Yeah. Yeah. No real guests, but, but really good for, like true comic collectors who wanted yeah. comics and wanted back issues. And you'd have one guest or two guests want, to show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like 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 uh Reed Fleming, you know, Milkman yeah. creator or something yep. or something like that, right? David so, Boswell, so, yeah. So what is the scene there? Is is it growing? I mean they've had the Fanics with Vancouver There are about twenty five to thirty comic pros in that in, in the in the Vancouver area. Yeah. Like Ian Boothby and Pia Guerra are there. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're there. Uh, quite a few people who've worked for Bongo Comics are there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Kari uh, Andrews lives there. Okay. And uh, Ed Brisson lives there. And Curtis Weeb was there. I think he may have moved away again. Oh, okay. But okay, so it's 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 growing, but it's but it's more of an emerging yeah. scene. It is. It's uh, Toronto is one of. We're lucky here in Toronto. There's a huge comic scene. Mm. There's also a comic scene in Montreal and in Halifax and in Calgary, Mm -hmm. Edmonton. Yeah, smaller ones in uh, Winnipeg. So a little bit in London and Windsor, but small one in Ottawa. But for the most part, you know, comics. You know, around big cities, you can usually find. 
half a dozen people who work in comics and like toronto in general just seems to absorb scenes like yeah. so whatever you're into you can find a big part of it in in yeah. in, in toronto yep yeah. like comics or, or whatever it doesn't even yeah seem to comics matter. indie comics or yeah. anime or yeah. whatever yeah yeah okay so that's that's interesting because I always like growing up. I always was like, oh, well, you know, big names are never going to come to Vancouver. Like they never mm-hmm. did. Everyone went to Emerald City because it yep. was in Seattle and it was near. Yeah. Until Fan Expo Vancouver came, and it seemed like people, like bigger names, were starting to come to were starting yeah. to come to Vancouver. And, and, I, and I helped to build the guest list on the first Fan Expo Vancouver. Yeah. So I went out of my way and I approached all of the local pros that I knew about. To get them on board. And a lot of them were on board. And a lot of them were alienated in the second year. So now I'm here to bring them back. <laughs> ah, I see. I see. So, uh, Good. Yeah. So, so your goal, what, what are your goals as like the new coordinator? What do you, what do you want? Like, it sounds like you want to bring back sort of the local flavor. You want to take care of the guests more. Yeah, that's, uh, well, I, you know, I like comics. So I want to make sure that the comics don't get lost in the shuffle, which okay. is a big problem with all these big shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and even in our meetings, the priorities are big celebrities and all this stuff that's going on associated with. I want comics to be kind of like in the back room and that way we have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not the big, like we're getting people in the door who collect comics. Yeah. And they want to meet comics pros and stuff like that. And I, I want them to be excited about the guests as well. Uh, but I want us to have fun again, sort of like what we did with the Paradise Shows. Mm-hmm. I want us to be able to uh, foster that that feeling of community mm-hmm. and that we're bringing in people from out of town so they can experience what our community is like. Mm-hmm. And what happens is like, if someone comes, let's say the Cuberts come here. Yeah. Uh, and, and they have a great time and they like, well, I really love Toronto. There's so many awesome people that live in Toronto Yeah, and they'll talk about it and then it'll be, they'll want to come back. Yeah. And I mean, there are some changing trends in the, in the comic book convention business because of all the money that's gone into buying these big shows and things like that. In the sense of like, we need more celebrities to fund no, the show? No, in the or? sense that, that a lot of comic pros feel that, um, they need to be making money out of this. Right. Okay. They're, they should be paid to be guests at shows okay. things like that. And that's a new trend that's changing some things. Yeah. But um, nothing would make me happier to find that some pros are willing to put aside that because they enjoy coming to Toronto and they know they'll make money here, which is the case. Okay. In my opinion. And so, that's what's happening? or Yeah. What's happening is if they don't know us, then their first, resp- first reaction would be like, pay me to come here. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, and in some cases we'll say yes. In other cases we'll be like, well, unfortunately no. But I kind of get it in a small way because like the big comic people charge, like, yep. you know, and celebrities are surrounding yep. the comic people and they're charging. Yep. For autographs and that kind of thing. So if, if let's so say Jimmy Palmiotti is the star of the show, right? Why isn't Jimmy able to charge for autographs and for a personal appearance? Right. And so Stan is technically Stan they're both in too. comics. They are, yeah. Right. Right. So uh, I mean, I know behind the scenes how Stan's deal works. I'm not going to reveal that. Yeah. But, but in in a way, it's Stan. Uh, Stan comes here because Stan does well here. Yeah. Right. He wants to come here and make money. Uh, and he enjoys meeting the fans and stuff like that. Right. But 
he's not a super expensive guest. Yeah. Okay. From our point of view. Okay. For what he delivers for the show. Okay. But if someone who inks a book, who I love the inking, and you know everyone knows their name and stuff like that, but no one's going to come specifically to pay forty dollars admission to meet that inker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say, oh yeah, I agree. I'm going to give you fifteen thousand dollars to be here this weekend. <laughs> right. Right. So you have to. I guess as a comic professional, do you you kind of have to know your station? Like you kind of have to know yeah. where you are in the pecking order of who gets to charge money and who doesn't. Yeah, like like Neil Adams charges money at every at every show. Yep. Right. Yeah. And but other people don't. Like it seems like it's a matter of personal preference. Well, I mean Neil something. Adams. There aren't very many. I mean, comics. We've we fostered this celebrity system within comics. Mm-hmm. But most people who read and collect comics are not rich. Right. And we don't have lots of money to spend on autographs. Mm -hmm. And we don't care about celebrity autographs as much. We'd like to meet the person and maybe get them to sign our hardcover or our comic or whatever it is. But we want that interaction. We want that, hey, Neil Adams, could you tell me about working on Batman with Danny O'Neill? Yeah, I don't really want to buy your stuff. I just want to have a conversation. (laughs) But he wants to sell stuff. Right. So, uh, and that conflict is always going to exist. Yeah, well, it's commercial art versus fandom, right? Wow. So, so how do you? How do you, so? Your whole thing is: I want to take care of the local creator. I want to br- put paradise and that sense of community into the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I don't want to alienate the fans, but there's mm-hmm. this issue with the pay or don't pay or who wants yeah. to pay. Mm-hmm. So, how do you balance these things? How do you achieve? The balance of, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to alienate the creators, but I also like, there are going to be issues and conflicts that are directly, directly opposed. There are. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, I'm put in this kind of gatekeeper position where I have to say, and ultimately it's not me. I mean, ultimately I'll say this person wants to come and this is what they want. And then the boss will say yes or no. Okay. And they'll ask for my opinion mm-hmm. and I'll say, I totally think it's worth it or yeah. I don't think it's worth it. Right. So, and it's not a knock against the person, but I have to take into account, is this person going to bring people into the event mm-hmm. and do the fans want to see this person? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, I do get contacted by a lot of people who want to be part of the show who aren't even professional guests who think that they're... I just got an angry email this morning from a guy I turned down for table space. Yeah. He feels that he should be considered a pro guest and he has no credits under his, his wings. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I have to, I deal with all levels, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and I also have to keep an eye out too on, on artist alley on, and our people, you know, there are a lot of people that are thieving and stealing other people's art. Right. And presenting like the, as their own. the Rob Granitos of yeah. the world who are ripping off, uh, professionals and selling it as their own art. Yeah. And, and it, I take it very personally because Rob Granito was a guest at a show that I was at when I first started there. Yeah. And um, he presented himself a certain way and I felt that we didn't look into his credits enough that we could have caught this and, and saved um, a lot of people a lot of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. So now I invest everybody that applies. I look at their portfolio. I look at their art. I look at their reviews online. I, I learn about them. So background it, check. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So for some people I, I know them already. 
mm-hmm. or I'm, and I'm pretty familiar with most people who work in comics, what they do and what they've done. And there are websites that can assist in background checks and mm. things like that. Okay. Okay. But quite a lot, uh, you know, someone I may know who's very friendly to me at all these events may feel that by being my friend, that that means I'll give them table space for free. But I can't do that. It's not. Yeah. That's the hard part about knowing everyone. Yeah. Uh, you know, but also working for now you're working for the con- for the convention. Yeah. Are you, are you preparing to lose friends and alienate people just by virtue of what you're doing now or no, you know what, by the nature of who I am and the way I do things, I can still, I think be friendly and let people know where the line is. Okay, cool. So when I say, Hey, listen, you know what? I, I love your work and I think you're good. But right now, you don't have the credits for me to approve you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things we'd like to do, and this is not a promise that it's going to happen, but it's something that we're considering developing is like a up-and-coming talent showcase area. Okay. Right? So, where uh, we'll say in advance of a show, well in advance, we'll say submit three pieces of your work for review mm-hmm. and we'll look at it and then we'll pick a certain number of people who will get free space mm-hmm. and we'll call this the, the up and coming talent alley. Yeah. It's not quite the artist alley. It's mm-hmm. so uh, that's, that's really good. Cause it, it grows the show and fosters new talent yeah, and, and it, makes and them it, happy. It's something that we can say to the publishers that we work with. Hey, you know what? You should come look at these five people. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. Oh, good, good, good. You know, so, and one of the main issues that people are always saying in Artist Alley is like, there are the artists in Artist Alley. Yeah. And there are the, you you probably know what I'm going to say. They're the small kind of dealers who do like, who aren't in comics, but they do like jewelry or those sorts of things. And there's often been calls for separation of those. Yeah. And I'm often one of those people that would like it. Yeah. 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 So, so so is, I mean, you got to focus on positioning too. Like, is that going to happen? Is there going to be a little separation? Uh, I don't think they want to. It's something that we discuss and I would like to push to have a line drawn in the sand where there's artist alley, artisan alley. Okay. Yeah. So artists is for people who do artwork. Yeah. And artisan is for people who make crafts. Yeah. And I don't think they they fit together because the craft people are overwhelming with their displays. Yeah. And they kill the the small local artist who's just trying to do sketches. Yeah. Or because of the nature comics. of what they they need to display their stuff. They do. And all you need if you're an artist is a pen and a piece of paper. So you're they not do. gonna. Yeah. And the other thing that really bothers me about those sections is that. No one really looks into what it is that they're selling. So if you're a jewelry seller, are you telling me that you've handcrafted every earring and every ring and everything that's there? Yeah. And you didn't order it from eBay or something like that. I had to talk to an artist the other day who wanted to sell um, uh, clothing. Right. But it was clothing, superhero clothing that they were ordering on eBay and selling for a profit here. If you want to do that, there are vendor tables to do that. Mm-hmm. There's not. You shouldn't be doing that at your artist alley table. Yeah. You shouldn't be selling pop finals at your artist alley table. You're a dealer. You're a dealer. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of that, and there were a lot of problems at Fan Expo this year that just passed, where you know people were selling board games 
CGC graded back issues, um, comics from their collection variants, things yeah, like that. Yeah. No, if you want to do that, you could be a dealer. And these are what the table prices people pay a thousand dollars for dealer tables at Fan Expo. Yeah. If you if you can't do that, I'm sorry. But this this table is and these prices are kept at this price so that you, an artist, can sell your artwork. Yeah. And I like it to actually be cheaper so for the small press people because I often I think they I don't think they're breaking even. Yeah. With the cost, but but there are other people who are making etched etched shot glasses, and I'm like, so you're telling me you've made these glasses and you've done the etching on them too? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, shouldn't you be in a different section uh, than here? You yeah, know, that yeah. Type of thing. Exactly. It's it's yeah. kind of crazy, but but you have other people that you answer to yeah. right yeah so it's a balance between what you want and what they want exactly and usually they so they w- may say you know what we don't have the resources to review every vendor that applies mm-hmm. and then others might say yeah we do have the resources to do that so it's a conversation it's an ongoing conversation it's obviously something we talk about um when we meet so i guess and- people should have understanding and compassion for what you're trying to do yeah, well, I don't want them to think that I'm coming down on them because I don't yeah. want... It's not like I don't want them to make money selling leggings yeah. or whatever, or earrings or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But the table is for people who are making their own stuff. Yeah. And to encourage artistic creativity and give people an opportunity to sell their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, while if you're just ordering it and it's someone else's work that you're selling, and even worse, the, the people who are taking images from the internet and making prints out of them and passing it off as their own work. Yeah. And that's something that's tough to manage, tough to police. That's a, that's so, so this is like the new era of like kind of criminality in convention. Are you, are they address, are they going to be addressing that? Um, Well, it's tough. It's, it's in some ways, should it be the convention that addresses it or should it be the license holder? Okay. Right. So should Marvel and DC and Warner Brothers and Disney and all those different um, license companies, should they be coming down on the people that are selling Prince of the Hulk and Frozen and other things? But if they if they come down too hard, then the sketches of I want to sketch a Spider-Man are also yeah. in violation of copyright. That's like uh, the Bongo thing. Yeah. So Bongo says to their artists, you can't sketch Simpsons characters. Yeah. So you could draw drawings of people like Simpsons characters. You could do Spider-Man like a Simpsons character, stuff like that. That's that's not a problem, but you can't do Bart Simpson, Lisa Simpson, Krampus. You can't do anything yeah. like that. So, um, uh, and they can't sell the original art either. So I feel for you guys. I feel for you, man. It's it's different. It's but it, this is I like this. This okay. is interesting to <laughs> okay, me. Okay. So when I talk to people at Marvel and DC and they're like, well, yeah, you know, think of how much money we lose. We own these characters and people think that they can just print, make prints and sell as many as they want. That's illegal. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there has to be a balance between that, which is obviously illegal. And a kid wants a Superman drawing from his, from his favorite artist. And generally the, the old rule of thumb was if you worked on the character, you could draw that character and do sketches. And that's not a problem. And then it became, well, you know what, if you're an artist who's trying to break in, 
it's actually a good experience for you to draw Hulk or Superman or whatever. Right. Because if you get good at it and DC wants to hire you to draw Superman, then that's a good thing, right? Right. It's just practice. It's field work. Right. Because, uh, you know, what was it? The Outliers. 10,000 hours doing something and you become an expert. Yeah. So um, you draw 10,000 Superman drawings and you you know Superman inside and out. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> so. Unless you rob life up. No, so, so, is, so is that the rule then? Like, does that mean that they don't, like, everybody's concerned about, like, the trans-specific partnership and what it means for copyright and, like, yeah. is it is it going in a more... I don't think they're as worried about sketches as they are about prints. Okay. So I I, I looked into this when we did the Paradise Show. We had uh, a Spider-Man artwork that Tony Harris did for our cover. Yeah. So we wanted to make a print of it. Mm. But we didn't want to alienate anybody, and we didn't want to piss anybody off, and we didn't want to steal from Marvel. Mm -hmm. So we looked into it, and they basically said... You don't do it. Don't make prints. It's it's a whole headache. You'll have to give us money. You have to get permissions for the license. It's not worth your while. There are artists though that actually draw uh, their stuff. Yeah, and they sell prints of yeah. what they've drawn of licensed characters. So technically, if you're selling under, let's say, twenty-five copies of that print then you're not really breaking the wall. Okay. The so people like from a hat or yeah. those sorts of people. Okay. But if you're selling hundreds of copies of that print, then technically you're violating copyright and you're profiting from someone else's work, mm -hmm. which is illegal. Mm -hmm. But um, convention holders aren't copyright law enforcers. No. So we sell space. Uh, we don't want to take anybody else off. So mm -hmm. we certainly don't want to have DC and Marvel mad at us. Mm -hmm. So that's this is ongoing, an ongoing debate. It'll be something that will be talked about for years and years. Okay. So, But if we go to, let's say, DC, and we say we want DC to be part of Fan Expo, mm -hmm. and they say to, the, to us, okay, but we don't want any illegal merchandise under your roof sold. Mm -hmm we would almost have to circulate a letter saying we are now in partnership with Warner Brothers DC Comics. And as a result, uh, anyone who is selling illegal Warner Brothers merchandise on the show floor opens themselves up to a cease and desist letter from their lawyers. Okay. Yeah. So they would get a warning saying, don't do this again. So some people would just pull their DC prints entirely off the table mm -hmm. and just sell Mar. Like at, at New York Comic Con, there was a threat that Marvel Disney was going to do that. Yeah. So gone were all the superheroes and from Marvel Comics and the Frozen prints, and it was more DC prints and turtles and things like that. So, but that's bad. Like then it then it kind of loses yeah. its like you sort of lose what you used to well, have you could out still of a comic sell those, show a little bit those those prints i'm not prints you could sell the sketches right okay that's not a problem because i don't really care problem. but it's the prints Prince. because uh, you know you used to have to pay for a license to make prints okay to do things in the old days back when it was harder to print okay now everybody and their their cousin has a printer, printer. that's that's high quality and can do stuff so um like, you know, I, I remember my cousin used to work for um, Horseman Press or something like that. Okay. And they used to make these really high quality um, 
Barry Windsor Smith and Bernie Wrightson prints. Okay. So, and they paid a lot of money to have that license. So they would set up at booths and they'd set up booths and sell these things for like $25, $50, high quality Conan prints and mm. things like that. And they paid a lot of money for, for the permission to do that. So Cool. But the big difference from the guy who just goes and prints them off in his basement and has like 15 different Spider-Man prints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. But it's always going to be an ongoing tension of like, where's the line and what's the gray area? And yeah. I don't want to risk it at all, so I'm going to take everything off the off the table. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with the internet and like Facebook and like... Yeah. You know, if you're displaying a drawing that you did, are you violating copyright? Because it's technically being seen by millions of yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And then if you're also selling it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. weird. It's yeah. crazy. Um, okay. So okay. final thoughts. What okay. are, what are, what are, what are your hopes for I mean the future of the scene, the the comic con, the fan expo in general? Like what are what do you want to end this podcast hmm. with? Well, uh, that's a good question <laughs> and a tough one. Okay. Um, uh, because I'm getting back into shows, obviously I want to do right by people mm-hmm. and make sure they're looked after and that I p- help provide a good comics experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want to make sure as a fan that I'm not disappointing other fans mm-hmm. who are interested in comics. So, um, I want to create interesting program uh, programming. I want to bring in interesting guests who've never been seen before, mm-hmm. uh, and that that can be tough sometimes because there's not there are a lot of guests, but a lot of shows now. Mm-hmm. So we're all fighting for a lot of the same people. Yeah. So uh, so that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and what makes Toronto Comic Con different from Fan Expo and TCAF? What makes Fan Expo different from Toronto Comic Con and TCAF? These are the questions that I ask myself. How can I make these different experiences? I know what makes TCAF different than Fan Expo in the sense mm-hmm. that TCAF caters to like the indie creator. Yeah. I don't really know what makes Fan Expo and Toronto Comic Con different from one another, other mm-hmm. than the length of the show. Of the show. Length of the show, uh, to me, it's flavor of the guests. So um, it's a little bit more retro this year than it has been in the past. Okay. So... If you were looking for that Silver Age guest feeling that I used to bring to Paradise, you'll see a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Jim Shooter's coming, Mike Zach. Right. John Ostrander. Awesome. Yeah, people like that. Suicide Squad, John Ostrander. Yeah. Uh, Also, good move. Yeah. Um, Like, what do you... It sounds like, you know, in the the, the people that you've mentioned, John Ostrander, Rob Liefeld... You're paying attention to like the movie thing. Do, 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 I am. Do, do you like this whole movie thing? The fact that like, is it helping? I think the movie thing helps. It gets people excited. It helps back issue vendors sell back issues. Mm-hmm. It helps people who sell graphic novels sell graphic novels because people want to read about those characters before it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that just sort of helps in general. Mm-hmm. But like John Ostrander is Suicide Squad, but he also wrote an amazing run of Spectre. Yeah. He did some uh, that Grimjack which was an amazing indie comic mm-hmm. from First Comics. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are good comics that people should be reading. So, yeah. so when they learn a guest is coming, they might say, "Oh, Suicide Squad." But then they might read about his back stuff and they say, "What can I get signed by it?" And if you go to a good comic shop or a good vendor, They'll hopefully say to you, hey, you know, you should look at this book. This is really good. This is their favorite thing that they did. The So the hope is 
through the introduction through the movies and the guest and knowing about Suicide Squad and Deadpool, mm. you'll also get to know some of their lesser known stuff too. Yeah. Right? Okay. Hopefully, yeah. Awesome. So, can anyone find you on Twitter? Like, how, if somebody yeah. wants to communicate with you, do you have a Facebook page? What, what, what's the deal? Like, uh, personally? Or? So, my, my personal Facebook page is uh, Kevin Boyd, uh, Kevin A. Boyd. Uh, I think it's Kev the Mev okay. on there, but I, I don't remember the exact address. But I do have a Facebook page for the Comic Book Lounge. Okay. Obviously, and... And then we do have pages for Toronto Comic-Con and for Fan Expo Canada. Okay. And for Fan Expo Vancouver and the other websites. Yeah, and they can just look that. They can just look yeah. that kind of stuff up. And the Joe Schuster Awards has two groups. We have an official page and we have a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm under uh, kev-the-mev is oh. my Twitter handle. Okay. But Comic Book Lounge also has a Twitter. And Joe Schuster Awards has a Twitter as well. Wow, man. What, how do you see your place in all of this? Like, you're a builder. So, do you want to keep being a builder? Like, yeah, like I'd like to do some interesting things with what I have available. Okay. So, I would like to see the marathons return mm. at Fan Expo okay. in some way. So, I might say, okay, you know, that Thursday when nothing's going on, why don't we do a marathon in the afternoon when we use a room that's not being used? Yeah. So do that in advance and then show the work off at Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. That, that's, a, that's something that I'd like to see happen. I'm not saying that it, could, it will happen. It ultimately leads to whether or not we have the rooms available, yeah. whether we have security, whether we can provide stuff. But I'd like to see things like that. I'd like to see some of the ideas that we were experimenting with at the lounge be a part of what we do with the shows. Awesome. So the ladies' night people have approached me about having a ladies' night table at events. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get them to fill out an application form and get in and hopefully they can promote and have more of that, more of a community sign up and learn about ladies night events. And then so you're trying in a way you're trying to make fan expo friendlier, more community based, less corporate. Like it's yeah. You're trying to yeah, bring the on one ca- level of the show is completely more corporate. Yeah. More, all about money, all about celebrities, all about stuff. Yeah. But there's no reason why we can't grow in the shadow mm-hmm. of that. Okay. And, um, you know, that, that's where the money from that area helps us grow. Okay. Right. So, and if we increase, we grow, I mean, hopefully that increases attendance and, and that means more money for comic sections and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. but I also want it to be a place where you like too many years, uh, as a show, a store owner, people will come in and would, I would say, Oh, we're setting up a fan expo. And they're like, I hate going to that show. Right. It's not a good experience for me. It's too many people. Yeah. They're not the people I want to meet, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't want, I, I want to get to the point where I hear Fan Expo, I have to go. Right. When you're in San Diego, you don't say, I don't want to go to San Diego, it's too busy. You know, I don't want to see any of that stuff. Yeah. You say, San Diego Comic Con's going, I'm going to go down and meet so and so because I want to meet that person. Yeah. Every year I go and get Art Adams' new sketchbook, that right. type of thing. Right. So I, I want people to say, I got to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to get excited yeah. about what we're going to do for them. I don't want them to say, oh, I hate it because the anime people walk down, the cosplayers stop and take pictures in the aisles. I don't want to do all that stuff. So I'm always there saying, okay, how can we make that a better experience for the patron? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, And then like some of the people in the office like, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Like, Well, if I'm a guy going to buy comics and I have to wait while people take pictures and I can't get by, that annoys me. 
why don't we have volunteers just moving people along? Yeah. You know? Yeah. We have areas where people can take pictures. We encourage them to go to that section yeah. to do that. Yeah. So instead of the stop and snap. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. That type of thing. Awesome. So those are the things. That's where I'm trying to raise. I'm trying to raise the voice of the, the comics fan and the comics pro and they're, make sure that they're heard at the table mm-hmm. in the planning stages. Sounds like common sense that they haven't had for yeah. a while. When I was hired, they said to me, think of it this way. You're like the union rep for comic book creators. Yeah. You, you're you a consultant, so you don't work here in the office 24-7 with us. Yeah. And you don't need to know our goals and ambitions with what we you, You're there to make sure that you voice their concerns, that they need what they want. All that stuff. And you do the best you can with your little segment of the show, with yeah. your segment of the show, which is yeah. pretty big. Comics is a big yeah. part of it. And I, I don't care about celebrities. It's honestly, doesn't bother. Like, I don't think you could say to me, Oh, we got these people. I'll be going, well, that's nice. I enjoyed that movie, but I don't go want to go meet them. And there's only really one person that is sort of a crossover. And that would be, that'd be Stan, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, if 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 let's say Chris Evans was coming, or someone from the Avengers movies, yeah. or, or one of the Batman was going to be a guest, that would be a big deal. That would be that would be our big crossover. Yeah, but, and some of the guests that we do bring in have acted in X Men movies yeah. or or other things, or they're on Green Arrow or yeah, whatever the case is. But I mean, I I watch those shows. I like them, mm-hmm. but I don't care about meeting the the people that are star in them yeah, they're yeah. actors they're yeah. not they're not what drives me i'm mm-hmm. more interested in meeting mike growl or or neil adams or someone like that right right Maybe cool adams, but yeah and i mean they always they always are the most accessible part of the show because yeah. everyone else is charging for autographs and that kind of and yeah. that kind of thing too so yeah now some comic pros are starting to charge for autographs so that's uh, that's a concern as well yeah and there's no reason why, in theory, they can't do that. It's just it's not precedented, and a lot of comic fans resent it. Yeah, totally. So they have to um, they have to walk a fine line. They have to understand that if they're going to do that, they're going to get some some um, talk back. And so do you, Kevin Boy. Walk yes. a fine line. So uh, yeah, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited for all the things that you want to do. High hopes. Uh, I, I'm not sure you'll be able to accomplish everything, but no, I, I'm excited. I, you're breathing new life into the Fan Expo, which is oh, a big part of thanks, yeah, That's... you know Toronto and Canada with the yep. convention scene. Yeah, so. I mean Regina. I've never been there. I'm excited about it. It's like uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what's there. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Some good Th- stories. Thank you so much for coming in. This no is great. Problem. Thanks for having me down. All it was right, fun. talk to you later. Yeah. All right. Bye. Take care. Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one-on-one with Toronto's comic book luminaries. See you next time. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.